welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I'm Becky. And I am Leah. And so this episode starts something new for us. It does start something new. It is our first trope talk episode um, where we are going to break down some tropes and our favorite books that go in those tropes and subtropes. We're not just breaking it down a little bit. We're going to break it well, into tropes what- and then subtropes. And what inspired it was we did our romance rumble and Mm -hmm. we covered eight tropes in that and gave you book recs and they kind of battled it out and stuff. But we started to talk about some of the nuances within those books and that like, well, yes, this is a sports romance. It's actually more of a vacation fling romance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kind of wanted to do that because there might be some little less popular tropes that we didn't cover in that the romance rumble that people are curious about for books to read that would fall under oh, those. And, and there are some people who they kind of stick to a certain type of trope and maybe they don't want to venture out of that because they're not sure if they'll like it. But if we can recommend an author with that trope that like an author that they like that has that specific, like a different trope, then maybe they'll give it a try and they'll like it which not everybody likes every trope and we understand that. So our goal with trope talk episodes is to break down the main characteristics of the featured tropes. We will also share what we like and don't like about that trope. Um, And we're going to share some recs. So we'll give you some examples of books that would fall under that trope slash slub trope. And we will also be clear as to what it is a sub trope of. So, Mm -hmm. um, If you are not sure what we're talking about when we say a trope, we break down tropes and what they are and because anything can be a trope. Mm -hmm. Um, We break those down in episode 67, what the trope part do. um, And you can find that on our website and we will link that episode in our on the shelf show notes. So let's get to trope talk. On this episode, we are discussing the close and forced proximity tropes, the difference, and which is which. We are also going to break down the tropes that we would consider subtropes of these two specific tropes. For this episode, those subtropes will be coworker, boss employee. No, not coworker. Yeah, coworker. Oh, no, it. All right. Coworker, boss employee, neighbor, snowed in kidnapping and or hostage because we all know that kidnapping is a love language roommate <laughs> one bed and vacation fling and joining us for this episode like because becky is a hot mess of chaos tonight so we have podcast contributors Lindsay, rachel and carolina welcome to the podcast ladies <laughs> not a, don't everybody well, speak at hey once everybody <laughs> Thanks oh, for joining us. Hello. <laughs> wow. We're all not smiling me. to the camera, but we're not <laughs> saying anything. We're very That's happy awesome. to be here if you could see them, but nobody just wanted <laughs> to say anything. I'm super happy to be here to talk about a bunch of my favorite tropes. Thank you. Thank so you. we aren't going to read, we aren't going to touch on everything that would qualify under close or forced proximity. We're saving some of those for future episodes and trope talks. Um Mm-hmm. So, so if there is one that you think is close or forced proximity, you're probably right, but it might fit into a different, it might be a better subtrope for something else because we have so many good things in the works. So before we get into 
the sub tropes of close and forks proximity. Let's talk about characteristics and what exactly is close proximity versus force proximity, because many of us will mix them up or use them interchangeably. And while, yes, you can do that because, you know, there really is no wrong way to do it. Um, there actually is some very, some differences between the two. Um, so the close proximity is an umbrella term for circumstances that throw characters together in a voluntary way, such as coworkers, neighbors, roommates. Outside circumstances can cause them to be close, but it is not, um, but it is not needed. Outside circumstances are not needed. Um, some examples of outside circumstances would be like a work project or subletting. Um, okay. So give us some characteristics of what you expect in a close proximity relationship and feel free to jump in. They can be apart. Like they don't, they're not having to see each other all the time. They can spend time apart. Um, and that's a key difference for mm -hmm. me is like, there's the option of not seeing each other. If conflicts arise, they can escape the other. They're not forced to be together all the time. Yeah. But their proximity is also like, it's increased because of situations or locations that they are going to be get together more than they would otherwise mm -hmm. not necessarily with enforced but in other situations whether that be because they're the neighbor so they're the the probability of them seeing this other person is higher than just if they were in a relationship with an average person right yeah i always think of it as this is just dancing on the dance floor this is just a regular dance on the dance floor because force proximity is the slow dance but you're handcuffed together because I like a handcuff. Um, so forced proximity, though, um, identified as a trope in its own right, is really an umbrella term for any plot point that forces the two main characters to spend time together, whether they want to or not. So, Like when the hero kidnaps the heroine and forces her to live with him. I like that. Those I like make that me a happy. lot. Um, they give me joy. I really the like weather. the weather ones. I like too. Like mm -hmm. there's a snowstorm mm -hmm. is the most common that it kind of forces them to be together. Mm -hmm. I also really love like the fake relationship one where there are fake relationships and they go on a trip together and then they're stuck together in a one bed scenario on this trip and it's just like a conglomerate of a bunch of them but mm -hmm. it's all the really spicy <laughs> yeah. <And> it's spicy <laughs> what do you expect in a forced proximity rachel so for me it would be like they absolutely cannot get away from each other like they are stuck, whether it's on vacation with friends or the weather or whatever else, they, they do not have the option to get away from that person for an extended period of time, other than if they have to like go pee. take a shower or something. <laughs> take a pee. Seriously. I, mean, I, I was going to not pee breaks say the bathroom. For your body. I was not going to say the bathroom. That's probably going to be out of context. Too. 
That's going to be our out of context quote for the week. <laughs> Take I try not to say the bathroom. <laughs> I was avoiding saying the bathroom. Leah did it for me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, like we said in the intro, we are going to focus on coworker, boss, employee, neighbor, Snowden, or weathered, trapped, a kidnapping hostage, roommate, one bed, vacation fling for this purpose of this episode. And part of the reason Leah and I picked those subtropes was we felt that these, while can be similar, are very clear under which umbrella term they fall into. Um, so let's start. Go ahead. Actually, I have to say, and is that, and maybe on the website, like on the blog that you can put like which one falls under which one. Cause as I was prepping for this and putting books to the subtropes and, and your little worksheet had like which one they fall under, I realized as much as I, like, I always thought I loved forced proximity. I, I realized I, I do love forced proximity, but a lot of the ones I picked of my favorites were close proximity. So it was just a really interesting exercise to understand like where, where my true kind of reading pleasure lies. And there's some also subtrope categories that I realize I, I are empty. So it's like another reading opportunity for me to kind of dive in onto something else. So yeah, I well, would encourage and it was people a... to explore that themselves. Cause. And I was telling Leah, like, I am fairly certain I read a lot of trapped together weather romances no <laughs> one bed so that's the first one up is one bed i have six wrecks i have six one bed wrecks that's and it you, you read taste by melanie harlow so i know you've read at least one trap together i haven't read taste yet weather. you I haven't, haven't? She hasn't. No. <laughs> okay i haven't either oh but that one falls under one bed too i feel like yeah. some of the weather yeah. ones also fall under one bed they do completely so, agree with that so some of these will fall under multiple tropes. Some of these, like we're going to say roommates, well, that's but like they're also my, coworkers. So my one bed, they are stuck in the hotel room because of the snowstorm. But the one bed is like more significant than the snowstorm. So and that's the way we kind of went with it is what was the more significant of all of the subtropes. So first up one bed, what are some characteristics? Who wants to explain what one bed means? Well, it's just that there is one bed to sleep in. Like it doesn't have to be one room, but it is, there's only one bed. Like it's a one room apartment. And there's typically a conversation on who's sleeping in the bed, somebody being chivalrous, sleeping on the couch or on the floor. And Mm -hmm. if they need to, or if they're in a hotel room that only has the one bed, which most hotel rooms have two queen beds in them, just for the record. Like I used to work at a hotel, like but it depends on where you're at. Yeah, but and most if they of have them any don't. left. That's true. That's true. Or they have but a rollaway bed. Mm-hmm. Almost always in a hotel, there's like a rollaway bed. Uh, they can all be but taken. Sometimes they, 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 can be all taken. they can be all taken. <laughs> and that it does happen. Though, because I've been in the situation where they tell you that they can only give you two queen beds, they can't give you the king bed. <laughs> so these. I enjoy these books immensely, but I've been in the opposite situation multiple times. <laughs> you wanted the one bed and you didn't get it. Well, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, so what do you like about one bed? They usually don't like each other like that, I feel like. Or they're refusing to admit it. 
Yeah. So I feel like a lot of times it's more of the like enemies or adversaries to lovers vibe between mm-hmm. the two. So it that adds a little bit of tension, which I really like. Yeah, and it also forces them to address their attraction to each other. And it's usually like the catalyst for the romance. I really like that element. Um, I always like the wall of pillows option. <laughs> we'll put the wall of pillows between us. Yeah, because everybody knows that mysteriously goes away somewhere in the middle of the night. So, I mean, I'm a bigger girl and I sleep in a queen size bed. And I'm just saying there isn't space for a wall of pillows. Like, I mean, anyway. My thing is, like, don't you hug the wall of pillows? Like, I would hug the wall of pillows every Um, time. Is there anything within the uh, one bed trope that you don't like? What what do you, I mean, Carolina kind of brought it up. It's not realistic. (laughs) There's typically... but it's beds. okay because it's a it's fiction yeah yeah i don't know i go back to the, there's so much like comedic opportunity too like you talk about the wall of pillows you talk about the oppor- like the the moments there's always typically a scene where they end up waking up and they're spooning or somebody's like mm-hmm. they're like intertwined in some way shape or form like like how did my he- head end up on his chest i do not know <laughs> right how how is my butt snuggled up against his his chunk um okay so everybody go around share one to two of your favorite um one bed book recs uh rachel we'll start with you do you got one or two one beds um yeah this was already mentioned but it can count as kind of two trips so i'm just gonna count it as one bed taste by melanie harlow I, that could also be whether they were both like big impacts in the story. I don't read a lot of one bed romances. That's what I gathered I out read, of my I read research here. I a lot less here. than I thought I did. I thought I definitely read more and I don't. Leah, what about you? What's your one bed? One or two reps? My one bed, I just have one because my other one is like a weather one. Like all mine or weather but mine is king's crown by marie johnston the hero and heroine actually meet each other at the hotel i think or maybe at the airport or something but there's this huge snowstorm that comes in and they have to there's not enough space so they share the hotel room and then they okay. end up falling in love carolina do you have He's a, favorite? a silver fox so it's even better carolina went to bed one bed rex um yeah I I this is one trope that I need to read more on like I was lacking in it um and and the one that I have is kind of a crossover between weather um trapped um but it's uh Faded Hearts by Kelly Elliott um yes. that's yeah. such a good one that is it's such a good such one because it's it starts out that right in the beginning and they're both stuck in this hotel because of weather. Um, they basically the room's double booked, which can happen. Computer glitches can happen, um, so that is believable. Um, but yeah, and and they don't know each other, so these yeah, are strangers. two complete strangers, um, and it doesn't start off well. So you've got this like enemies vibes right from the beginning. 
um, which is great. Lindsay, do you have a one bed to share? You um, know, with a random stranger. The one I think of was taste, but it's not a one bed with a random stranger. I read a book by Lily Valenti recently. I was trying to look up the title of it because. <laughs> okay, well, you just look to it share up. something. Oh, The Bang Over by Lily Valenti. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Las Vegas one bed romance, and it is also a rock star. I good to know. to lovers too. Um, and all yeah. of these book recs <laughs> will be listed um, on the website after the episode drops. So we will share these and make sure you're following Buzzing About Romance and all of us um, on Goodreads because a lot of us make shelves. So I actually have seven of these because I thought of one and I will it's... give the one I think is the spiciest. Game but Changer by say. Kelly Jameson. They are, she's a runaway bride, but they have one bed in a hotel room. He's gone back to California for his cousin's wedding and she goes with him and there is a super hot, spicy mutual masturbation scene across from each other because he's sleeping on the lounge chair while she sleeps in bed. Oh, you've told me about this one before. It's a good one. But I had, um, I have several others. And like I said, if you follow us on Goodreads, they're on my one bed, one bed bookshelf. Um, Okay. We just don't have time to say them all. We don't. Next trope of the episode is neighbor. This is a subtrope of close proximity. Again, because you can get away from them. They don't Sometimes. live with you. Yeah. So neighbor is what it says. Like either you're in an apartment and your apartments are across from each other, or you're in the same building or your houses are next door or across the street from each other. There's really not too much that goes into this one besides your neighbors. Um, okay. What does everyone like about the neighbor trope? I like, cause a lot of times the neighbor trope starts out as enemies to lovers because it's not always like a good neighbor relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah I agree with that. Anything else? Any, what else does everybody like about neighbor? I like that there has to be... Go ahead. Go ahead, Rachel. Sorry. No. Um, I like when there's those scenes where they, like, the one person moves in and they're like, oh, my God, no. Like, are you (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) Like, this cannot be happening. Like, that's my one night stand from the night before. Mm -hmm. Talking about a certain Jay Salmon book. (laughs) How did I know yes. you were going to talk about that one? That's so or, funny. or they're moving in and they're like uh, watching them move in and they're like, holy hot damn, he's really hot. And I want yes. to like do him. It's the move-in scene, no uh-huh. matter what the reaction. That I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is there's also part. like a taboo element to it because it's like almost stalkerish their relationship with each other because they're like spying and peeping mm-hmm. on each other all the time. And yeah probably why i like them so much (laughs) is totally the peeping tom of the neighborhood carolina what do you like about neighbors um yeah i think it really kind of falls into that i love a good enemies to lovers and there's just that adversary like there's there's ways um that they just irritate each other Mm -hmm. like they find those buttons and there's one of them who does it just to push the other's buttons yeah and it's it's kind of fun also and in 
the example that you were talking about, Becky, I also love when there is that, um, like if there's a kid, you know, if it's a single parent, usually the kid becomes that crossover, like the, the parent hates the other person, but the kid adores them, like, and worships them. And it just creates this fun dynamic because then for the person that's the, you know, the neighbor, um, it's like, okay, well, I love this kid, but I hate the parent. Well, it's mm-hmm. kind of the ball in the yard feel to it. You know, the ball goes yeah. over the fence and you got to throw it back. And or do you? I mean, or do you? Or are you such a grouch that you right. pop the ball and throw it away? Um, it, I think, and that's what I like about Neighbors is that it's, it can go one of two ways. It can definitely stay the enemy line or... It can become like really great friendship, supportive, like we're, you know, we're borrowing cups of sugar and helping each other out. And that's how, you know, we find our connection. Mm -hmm. Um, My big dislike of this trope is I think that it's one of those where just depends on the city where you live. Like Mm -hmm. I live in a small town, so neighbors make sense in small town settings And neighbors make sense in an apartment building, but you can't really have a neighbor trope if you live in New York City and you're in a brownstone because, Mm -hmm. you know, typically brownstones are broken up into multiple apartments. And I don't know. It just that's more like random meat cute on the street kind of feel to it. The neighbors. I feel like it works better in like an apartment or a small town setting also. Yeah, and townhomes. Townhomes is another popular one. Well, um, unless it's done really well. So your Bennett I'm has like one. Suburb. Oh yeah, she's got two that are townhomes. List. Um, who uh who said suburbs? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has to suburbs. be in the suburbs, really. It's just one of those. Um. Also, we're currently seeing a trend in publishing. There's lots of neighbor, I'm calling them the HGTV romances coming out mm-hmm. in the last couple months. And there's like, more coming out this summer. They're doing like, a lot of like housework, like flipping houses or buying a run down house and oh, like, fixing up the house. Neighbor well, swaps that's and stuff. I don't love about the neighbor trope is like, how do they decide where to live? Mm-hmm. They each own their house. They have the HEA. Where are they living? I actually finished one today and (laughs) he, they moved into his house because he owned and she rented. That has to be solved. There has to be an epilogue or an extended epilogue Mm -hmm. that wraps that button up and has that discussion and and how they, why they chose that way. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like that cliffhanger of- Didn't think about that. Yeah. Now I'm annoyed. (laughs) Well, because no, some of them don't wrap me. it up nicely. Or like I read one, I don't remember who it was by, but like they moved into one house, but they kept the other one to rent. Yeah. So like we, they, they still had both, but. Can we just like talk about Dr. Heartless for a minute? Because yes, like, sure. yes we can. <laughs> that is my favorite ever from this trope in particular, because they, I don't want to spoil it, but the way they handled that was so thoughtful and I loved it. It was just. Mm-hmm. I don't we will not it, call out or shame really, Rachel for waiting so long to read this series really or good. anything. I read that one on time or early. So Heather still hasn't read them. So at least Rachel. Well, did but we can shame Heather, but maybe when she can defend herself. 
That series is so good. And you're right. Dr. Heartless, that is one of the best examples of a neighbor um, trope, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Leah, do you have a neighbor trope that you love? Okay. Well, the one that I read today was Montana Desires. It was very good. It's a new book by Josie Jade and Janie Crouch. There's some rope play in it. It's very good. Um, But then Cassie Ann Miller has this dirty series and she has, it's Dirty Neighbor. It's book one in the series. And it's, it's, it is dirty, but it is delightful. (laughs) Uh, Carolina, do you have a favored uh, neighbor trope? Yeah, I'm going to tell you about two. Um, One is read from Sawyer Bennett's uh, Cold Fury series. And um, she, and I'm blanking on her name, um, they're in townhomes. Um, Reed actually, she hears Reed and the women he has over because you get the wall mm. banging, which is great. And she has names for all of all of the women. She has nicknames for all of the women, which is hilarious. So they build this friendship, which is great um, that they raz each other too. Um, and the other one, also Sawyer Bennett, um, in her Arizona Vengeance series, is Legend. That was um, on my list. Damn it. Um, because it's great. Like he is the serious focused hockey player and she like loves, puts up flamingos and like all kind of lawn ornaments. And when she realizes how much it irritates him, she just goes overboard. He magnifies that he magnifies, chaos. It intensifies the chaos. It's great. But then he ends up needing her, um, when a baby shows up on her door. So, um, it just builds like some great tension. Uh, Rachel, do you have a favorite neighbor? Yeah, um, Tragic by Devney Perry. Uh, it is a book in her Lark Cove, Lark Cove series. <clears throat> and it it was wonderful. They're neighbors in a very remote, remote area where the hero definitely did not think he was going to have to be dealing with neighbors. <laughs> so, that, so that was fun. And then I really liked Ignite by Melanie Harlow. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one where the heroine sees the hero move in and she's like, oh my gosh, he is hot. Like was on the phone with her best friend telling her all about it. Like, so that was a lot of fun too because it wasn't enemies to lovers. No, it wasn't. Which was nice. Um, Rachel, did we all steal all of yours? (laughs) You mean Lindsay? Lindsay, did we steal all of yours? No, I actually have a lot on this one that I really enjoy. I like um, The Bombshell Effect by Carla Sorensen. That's a really good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Um, And it's also a, you know, professional athlete situation. And that was just really fun. Um, And then I also really like, I think it's Only You by Melanie Harlow. And it's a, he gets a surprise baby. They live across the hall. They're friends. Um, It's in an apartment setting. I enjoy that one a lot. It's one of my favorites. Um, and then Dr. Heartless is my favorite ever from this genre, obviously. <laughs> feel you, friend. We feel you. Um, I have to hate Adam Connor. She watches him mm-hmm. move in and over peeks at him fence. for the bit over the bushes and the wall. Like it's a wall yes. between they the houses. They have to climb a ladder. Oh. Um, I have one more. Go ahead, share. Go ahead. Um, it is off to the races by elsie silver mm-hmm. and with vaughn and billy oh, that's, that's a, a good, good one. 
Um, Layla Hagen writes a ton of these uh, neighbor type romances. She had a recent one, Show Me Forever. It's enemies to lovers. It's a landlord tenant type situation. Neighbors. She lives on in the pool house on his property that he's just bought. And the little, the old lady he bought the property from has said, you know, this girl has a two year lease and she gets to stay. She dances to loud music in the middle of the night and he hears it and it just annoys him. And, um, so he's that, a grumpy grumperson. He is very grumpy grumperson. Um, and Avery Flynn has Neanderthal. Uh, she lives across the hall with his cousin. So, um, or sister, his sister, his sister, his sister. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another neighbor that is really well done. And, um, a favor for a favor by, uh, Helena hunting is also a neighbor. And that one is easy for who's going to live where, because Stevie's living in her brother's apartment. Um, what? Cause he's bought a house and moved out. So that was an easy one to figure out where they're going to live. Okay. Next one. This next trope is roommate, which is again, a sub trope of close proximity. So what do we expect to see in a roommate romance? Well, there's different levels of roommate romance. Like they can live in a house together or they can live in an apartment together. So it depends on which level you like. I like them both. I think they both work well. But I want them to, I always like when they see the other one naked and are like, hi. <laughs> and then they don't know what to do. None of that is on my list for this one, but I do really enjoy <laughs> that element of the roommate. Um, Rachel, what do you like in a roommate romance? Or do you not I like a roommate romance? I like roommate romances. I like that it's most of the time, at least the ones I've read and enjoyed, it's like reluctant roommates. Mm -hmm. It's not like they plan to live together. They are living together for a variety of reasons, whether like they had to sublet it or maybe they're staying at their brother's place because of X, Y, Z, or it's like a friend of a friend, that type of thing. I like that it's typically like, not planned mm -hmm. yeah uh Lindsay, what do you like in roommates i actually don't think i've read a ton of these okay i was okay. really surprised to find that because i thought i had but apparently mm -hmm. i read a ton of neighbors and not very many roommates okay <laughs> i have a list of like 17 so i'll i'll send you a list uh, <laughs> Carolina, what do you like in roommates um I like um, everything that's been said so far, but I also like when there's the unexpected conversations that usually happen like late night, you know, or they're the like, let's stay in and just drink or whatever that is. And there's usually that deep like heart to heart or like revelation kind of conversation um, that because they're in that space you wouldn't get that sometimes otherwise else um I always like so. when they cook for each other in roommate romances yeah that's fun too you know like I made you breakfast or I made enough you should might you might as well eat some like they're in roommate romances there seems to be a level of caretaking which mm -hmm. I enjoy in all mm -hmm. of my romances um 
Okay, let's go around here. Lindsay, do you have a, well, you said you haven't read a lot. Do you, do have, you have any? I can't remember off the top of my head, like Dr. any Mistake. that I've read. Yeah, I was going to say Dr. Oh, Mistake. Dr. Mistake. Dr. Mistake. I did read that. I loved that. <laughs> Dr. Mistake. Okay, so just read Jay Salmon. That's all my recommendations. There you go. We're done. <laughs> and <Let's> see. <laughs> Rachel, do you have a favorite roommate? One or two roommate romances? Yeah, um, Fair Catch by Candy Steiner. They are both on their college football team. And they went to high school together and are kind of like enemies. She does not like him at all. And that was really fun. And then I love Tegan Hunter's Roommate Romp series. Mm -hmm. So they all end up being like, it's four books in Kindle Unlimited. They all end up being like roommates somehow. The first book is Loathe Thy Neighbor. And they live next to each other. And he ends up having to move into her apartment because of some issues with his. And that's like a fun little enemies to lovers where she immediately regrets offering him an opportunity to move in with her. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, Leah, do you have a favorite roommate? I actually have three. So Assumption by Aurora Rose Reynolds. He is not happy that they are being roommates and it leads to one of the best scenes written in romance ever. Always. Um, and then Wasted Words by Stacey Hart. Like the two of them have been roommates for a couple years and like, and things evolve and change and like the, they've had feelings for each other, but like timelines, like things just have not been at the right time, but it, it's a really good one. And then The Hardest Fall by Ella Mays. That was on my list too. Um, Rachel, do you have, did we already, oh, you did a favorite. Carolina. Carolina. Hey, I'm trying to go in a circle here. I know. Um, Yeah, this one, I was a little bit harder for me um, because I feel like I've read more of them than I've actually tracked. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but one of the more recent ones that I read um, is Baden from Sawyer Bennett. Um, that is just he is in a new city um, and he ends up living with somebody that he's helped um, from an attack and she's suffering from kind of PTSD and coming out of that Um, and she feels safe with him but I think those are has some great conversations and moments in it um Okay, so for me, I have a huge list of these. Apparently, I got a thing for roommates. Um, But one of my favorites is Save Me by Stacey Kennedy. Um, She can't afford her apartment as her roommates have paired off with his friends. And he's a super nice guy and has said, okay, well, you can live with me. And they are kind of awkward roommates, which is what I just... I love about them so much. And they dance around it. It's so good. Yeah. And then um, Major Misconduct by Kelly Jamison. It's book one in the Aces Hockey series. He is staying for the summer in his teammate's apartment. And his sister moves to Chicago and moves into the apartment also. Um, So that's another really fun one. 
Um, okay, so now we are moving on to boss and employee slash coworker, which I have a lot of these. Like yeah, I do too. All my billionaire I, I romances. Um okay, so just jump in. What do we like about the boss employee? This is a subtrope of close proximity. Because again, they can quit their job, they can work different hours. There are things that can happen that they aren't forced to be together um, in boss, employee, uh, coworker. So what do we like about this trip? I like it when it's the assistant and the boss and the boss is like a real hard ass, but the assistant is so good. And is like the only one that can deal with him. So he, they never fire the assistant because she's that good at her job. Or sometimes they just fall in love with them right away and just, and don't want to fire them because so they have them close by all the time. Carolina, what do you expect in a boss coworker? Well, I also like kind of that forbidden element because sometimes they're the let's not tell anybody Mm -hmm. what's really happening. So they have to keep it quiet, but then, you know, of course there's situations and scenes that happen at workplace. Like, so uh, Rachel, what do you like for Boston employee? Um, pretty much what everyone else has said. I like that it's kind of like frowned upon, that kind of thing. So they have to keep it a little bit secret. But I I am definitely prefer the like boss and assistant, like the CEO mm-hmm. and his assistant type thing, because I think anything else gets kind of like sketchy. <laughs> like because like I work in business in real life so I'm like that would be like I can't I can't like I just want to talk about how sturdy a desk has to be (laughs) that's all I'm saying yeah my my desks at my job would mm, it would not hold it no nobody's doing it in a cubicle (laughs) either no so no or an open workspace right Lindsay what do you like about boss and employee Um, I like kind of, so what I found is like a lot of the books that I really enjoy from this genre are like boss and a contracted employee. Like it's not a permanent employee situation. Um, it's a temporary situation where two people have to work really, really closely together. Um, and it, yeah, the forbidden element of that situation when it is actually like a boss and employee in the same company, I like it when they have to kind of address, um, you know, the HR aspect of it all. Like, yeah, <laughs> the HR ramifications, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, is there anything in this trope that you do not like in this subtrope? Um, sometimes when they, like, they fight against it because they are like, well, HR would be, or I, I would never date an employee. Like, I've never, like, slept with any of my employees before, but I'm going to do it with this one. And then it like blows up in the space. And he's like, I don't know why I ever did that. And then they go through their dark moment. That kind of bugs me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I haven't worked in corporate America for a very long time and I am my own boss at this point in my life. And I, and when I did work in corporate America, it was before HR reporting really became a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I sometimes struggle with the HR piece of it too, but again, but there's like a sticky wicket situation sometimes like, is it, is this okay? Or is this crossing the line? 
And I, yeah, I don't like the whole direct report thing if it's not CEO and assistant. And even then, like, you're like, you're probably going to get in trouble if you don't disclose it. Yeah. If you're a publicly traded company, I don't know. <laughs> so, not my, not my favorite trope. I've read some and really enjoyed them, but I have well, a hard it, time. Like, I think it depends on how it's done. Like, both of reality. my picks, like, both of my picks, they are the owner of the company. And, the, and their assistant. So I think it works differently. Okay, in let's that go. Aspect. Yes. Let's go through our tropes or let's go through our picks. One to two each. Rachel, we'll start with you since you don't have as many. Um, Baking Mrs. Right by Claire Kingsley. It's the first book in the Dirty Martini Running Club series. That's a good one. Uh, Grumpy Sunshine. It was a lot of fun. He owns his own business. And then um, The Hating Game by sally thorne is a traditionally published book that there's a movie out now um it's co-workers and they're going up for like the same position yeah so that was fun um lindsay what's your boss employee um i really like the co-workers more than boss and employee mine is actually more of a closed door pg type romance but it was one surprisingly one of my favorite books that i've read in a while it's called falling for your best friend's twin by emma st Clair, and it was it's a rom-com yeah carolina do you have a co-worker boss and plea um yeah mine follows there's a couple um uh whitney g has a novella 30 day boyfriend that their mm-hmm. boss assistant is really fun and playful i think whitney g has a full-length um book that's also two weeks notice two weeks notice there you it's, go it's very um, good um kaylee loring's a very bossy christmas is freaking hilarious because she just wants to slap him upside the head so many times i love it um it's it was a fun a fun great read uh leah what's your boss employee co-worker okay so mine are both boss employee but they are owners of the company so i have brooklyn air by serena bowen and that is a situation where like Nate just adores Becca and like makes, does everything he possibly can to make her life easier because she, she manages him in a way that nobody ever could. And then I also have specialist by Anna Hackett and it is, so Easton is the owner of the company and Harlow is his assistant and she's the best assistant that he has had or his assistant is retiring and she gets hired and he he is attracted to her right away so he basically is a big asshole to her because he doesn't want her to know that he is attracted to her so he doesn't treat her very good but she doesn't care because she like doesn't put up with his shit um so i have um tempted by the billionaire by shayla black it's a novella she is um a assistant sent to his house while he is laid up after knee surgery and she is um supposed to help him out so i tend to like the ones where it's boss assistant but they're also forced into the sharing mm-hmm. a same space because muses and melodies by B- rebecca yaros she's oh, his assistant really babysitter uh-huh. but she's employed by the record label to kind of be well, his assistant to, like, hide out like, yeah and they have to hide out um and then lm danglish her fractured rockstar series has two or three of them in it where like the one girl it was really neat she's um his guitar tuner he's the bass player and she tunes his guitars 
Um, and so that was, it was an interesting, it's just a different way to look at the coworker boss employee type situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next we are going to do the troped weathered or trapped, which would qualify for snow in flooded tornadoes, hurricanes, emergency shelter. Um, this is a subtrope of forced. So we're going to go ahead and characteristics of what you like in this and also give us one or two wrecks. Just, we'll just do it all in one swoop. Uh, Leah started us off. Okay. So I, the things that I like about it is like, there's, there's no getting out of being where they're at, like whether, no matter how they're stuck, like they're stuck in where they're at until the weather passes. So it could be month or days. It could be like a whole week, but they are stuck together no matter what. And my picks for this are twisted up by Aaron Nicholas, where they're not stuck for extended periods of time, but enough that like different things happen and it's tornadoes. There's tornadoes. And then hate me under the mistletoe by Kelly Jamison. They get snowed in at, um, like a vacation home. Uh, Rachel, what do you like in trapped weathered um, I like that they really can't avoid being around each other at all. Like they are literally stuck together and they just have to suck it up. Um, whether it's strangers or kind of, I feel like it goes one of two ways. Like it's either strangers or they're enemies to lovers. <laughs> it's yeah. really like, cause if it's anything else, like, are you really stuck? Like you don't mind it. So I feel mm -hmm. like you have to kind of be disgruntled about it. I haven't read a ton of these. We mentioned Taste by Melanie Harlow. That was a good one. And then also Coming In from the Cold by Serena Bowen. Yeah. Was a good one as well. Uh, Lindsay, what you got on this trope? I really like it. I like it. Because, uh, so the enemies to lovers concept, like the tension, it forces the tension to really meet kind of a breaking point. Um there's no escape. There's often no lines of communication outside of the abandoned situation. And one of my favorites from this series is Faked by Carla Sorensen. When they are snowed in in a cabin, that is like my love language. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I really liked it. I liked he's a bad boy. Um, she's a, you know, good girl. And they she is kind a of, girl. yeah. And she's lying to him. And I just love it. <laughs> Carolina, what's your weathered, trapped, snowed in? What do you like of this and some wrecks? Um, so I, I, I've read some that are emergency shelter, um, but I really love like kind of the snowed in ones because usually there's, um, you know, taste is the one where they're in a motel, but typically the other ones are like they're in a cabin or something so there's like the fireplace going there's opportunities for like room a little we romance. have to be together and stay warm yeah exactly mm -hmm. um so my pick is uh just one kiss by jay salmon um <laughs> julie's getting a lot of them <laughs> I know she is. um but it is a, really a second chance romance so they're not um and they're kind of from like different worlds. So it was just an interesting um, reconnection that they find and they're there for like a week and they just kind of rediscover who they are. So yeah. it was, it was a great read. 
Um, so I love this again, kind of like everyone said, the fact that you can't escape, no matter how annoying the person is, you cannot get away from them. You have to wait for the snowplow or um, sometimes it's a little different. So I have a couple of others that are more trapped than Snowden, but I do like a fair share amount of Snowden. Um, so Stranded with the Billionaire, it's Billionaire Boys Club number one by Jessica Clare. They are trapped by a hurricane. They are on vacation in the Bahamas and they are trapped by a hurricane. And there's like water coming in the hotel. And <laughs> it's um, it, it was really good. Another way to look at it, too, is the Casanova by T.L. Swan. They are trapped by a layover. Their plane cannot fly to New York. So they are stuck in Boston together for the night. Um and then another favorite is Loudmouth by Avery Flynn. They're snowed in together and actually mm -hmm. they are total enemies to lovers and hate each other because she writes the gossip column that just recently outed him and has been making problems. So that's always fun. Okay, so next up, vacation fling. And again, this is a subtrope of close proximity because move hotels, find a different place to stay. Um, you do not have to stay there you know unless it's only one bed anyway different story so let's go with our vacation fling romances Lindsay, start us off what are some of the characteristics you like to see in this and one or two book wrecks so i was kind of surprised i don't read i've read a i've read a bunch of these but i don't think i love this trope very as much as like the others i don't have like a single book that stands out um, above the others. So I don't actually have a recommendation from Vacation Fling. Um, it is, like, so much of it is voluntary. And it's, like, for me, this is more of, like, the close proximity. So it's not necessarily, like, tension. And then it tends to be more of, like, a um, extended one-night stand kind of situation where you've got, like, the fling. It, it's not, it kind of becomes an accidental relationship there's not like a an immediate tension like typically it's with a stranger or I don't know so I would say like of all the trips that we're covering this is one of probably my least favorite of them so I don't have a recommendation that's okay <laughs> Rachel vacation flings to you yeah I like the ones where it's like they are reluctantly on the vacation like someone made them go and they're like not a fan of even being in the environment. So I haven't read a ton of vacation flings, but one I read recently and really enjoyed was The Player Hater by Sarah Nay. So they, the hero and heroine are on vacation with their two best friends who recently got together and are so in love and wanted their best friends to meet. And they end up sharing like, it's glamping and they end up sharing like an RV for the week. So it's a little bit, it's in this instance, it was forced proximity, <laughs> but yeah, it, that's one that stuck out to me. That's so funny. Uh, Leah, what's your vacation fling? Um, my vacation fling, um, we actually read it for book club, Igniting Ivy by Samantha Christie. They meet in Hawaii, um, bashes on his honeymoon but he did not get married and Ivy is 
in Hawaii doing some healing and they, they have a really intense and strong connection. It, it's one of my favorite vacation flame books that I've read. Uh, Carolina, what do you, uh, vacation fling? <laughs> um, do you this, vacation? Do, do vacation? you vacation in fling? I mean, I I'm, vacation, um, but my husband would be pissed if I fling. <laughs> Don't fling. fling. (laughs) I mean, you could fling with him. Um, One of the things, I actually haven't read a lot of these. This is one of those gaps in my reading. So I am definitely going to be taking all the book recs here. But um, one of the, in the few that I've read, I do like, there's typically the vacation fling ends in a miscommunication, right? And it's the the part that I love. And then I can also hate about it. Like if it's well-written, like, you can truly understand the miscommunication and their reconciliation back together can, can be wonderful. Um, but then poorly, it just is like painful to read through, right? Like yeah. writing those, you really have to think about that. Um, one that kind of turns into a vacation fling is Lost and Found in Copper Ridge by Harlow James. They end up... Um, it's not a one bed because they end up being kind of forced to share one cabin. Um, they each have their own bedroom. So it is still that close proximity. Um, they realize they're kind of, you know, there's attraction there. So they agree to have a fling and see, see what happens. So it's all around the holidays and, um, in true Harlow James style, like every little thing has meaning and it plays out throughout the whole book, which makes it extra special. So I have a lot of these and I do not go on vacation. So this is why I think I like them. I don't go anywhere. So I read a lot of them. And actually there's a great series of books that was called Gone Wild and it was done by five authors. So Stacey Kennedy, Avery Flynn, Katie Roberts. um, Oh my crike. I can't think of her name. Someone else. And then uh, Benjamin something. Anyway, it was five friends go on a cruise ship together and they all fall in love while on vacation. And, um, and then Avery right in that? I said Avery Flynn. Yeah, oh, said, did you? Katie I mean, Robert. Said yeah. Stacey yep, Kennedy. She said. They're all really well done. And actually all five books link back to previous series that um, those authors had written. So it kind of brought their world into the vacation. So those are five books and I'll link those. Another great vacation one um, that is done a little different is Interference by Mignon Michael. It's a hockey romance and it's a bachelor styled vacation fling. He, she, she has casted him on this cruise ship um, kind of bachelor type reality show that he has to fall in love while on vacation. And he invites her to be on the ship with him before the contestants arrive. So that's a good one. But I have a lot of these. So if you need vacation wrecks, I've got them. Okay, we got two more tropes to go. So next is kidnapping or hostage situations. And I love myself a good kidnapping. But apparently I have not read as many as I thought I had. Um, okay. That's her. That's the same. But Carolina kidnapping hostage kind of is self-explanatory. Where are you at on kidnapping? Um, I'm intrigued by the subtrope. It's not a love language for Carolina. It um, it's not a love language, but I like looking at my list. I have not knowingly read any of this category, so I've got no recs. 
I couldn't tell you what I do or don't like about it. So okay. what would you I, expect in a kidnapping romance outside of kidnapping? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, I mean, there's going to be some adversary right there, right? Right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Okay. Lindsay, where are you at on kidnapping or hostage? I read many of them. I'm not opposed to reading them. Um, I think that sometimes enemies to lovers, the hate is so strong that it reads like a hostage situation. <laughs> that's a fair take. So, so like that, that's kind of like, I think I would argue that my experience with the Estrana is more of like the intense hatred and the enemies to lovers um, situation especially when there's like a forced proximity element to it uh one that comes to mind is the parent trap by Jacinda Wilder there's like a really intense hatred there and um he is taking over her company so yeah like it's kind of a hostage situation in that and anyway so that's kind of not a kidnapping but definitely like where I would argue that they don't want to be around each other at all um Rachel where was your what's What's your deal with kidnapping? I also have not read a lot of these. Um, I have liked the ones I have read, but it's just not super common. But I also, I feel like kidnapping and hostage situations are like more dark romance and like mafia. And I don't read a ton of that. I'm not against it, but it's not just like, I don't typically read a lot of it, but one I read and absolutely loved was Stolen Air by Sophie Lark. Mm-hmm. It's in her Brutal Birthright series, and it was really good. It was really well done, and she did it in a way where I did not think the heroine was just suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, and it's a very fine line. There are times when you read this trope, and it feels like Stockholm Syndrome, like she's been brainwashed. Yeah. And then there are other times, especially when you start to get into the darker side of the sub, the non-con, the dub-con piece of it. So that's fair. Um, I haven't read that one yet, but I guess that's going on my list. Leah, kidnapping, where are you at? Okay, so apparently I don't read a lot of them, although I love them, which, but then I realized a lot of the kidnapping books that I read is because the people get kidnapped by the bad guy. <laughs> that's okay. Same. But when I'm, but one of my f- favorite where the hero kidnaps the heroine is Until Mayhem by Layla Frost. Such a good one. Such a good book. Such he is, book. he's intense and oh, and he kidnaps and he kidnaps good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Wrong by Adelaide Forrest. That was kidnapping, right? That, that was one. kidnapping. Yeah, it was yeah. a mistaken kidnapping, but it was still a kidnapping. Oh, oh yes. And that has a, some dub con in it. So if that is a trigger for you, you might not want to read it's that. It's non-con. One. I think we decided it was I not. I was trying con. to be nice about it. It's um, non-con. So, but it was, it was really good. And it can you really explain good. that for people who don't know what it okay. means? So oh, dub yes. con is dubious consent. The consent sort of is there, maybe not in the initial first sexual interaction, but eventually the person does give some consent to the, to oh. the relationship. And there are sometimes where like, it's a dub con scene, but you don't find out until after like the scene is over that there is a lot of consent. But as you're reading it, you're like, Oh, this is a little 
I don't know about this. And then so, non-con. Yeah. Be, so dub, there's dubcon, no they're going to be questionable consent. Non-con, when we say non-con, there is no consent. Like mm-hmm. she never says, yes, I want to be in this relationship. Yeah. I mean, she might be having sex with the person, but it is, it's not even gray. It is like mushy. There is no consent. And that those are themes that you will see more in dark taboo forbidden romances over straight contemporary so mm-hmm. um i have little dove by layla frost this is kidnapping and hostage she, he holds her she writes a good kidnapping <laughs> and also another thing to think about is any beauty and the beast retelling is going to be kidnapping hostage uh romance so one of the best that i've read is the beast of bishop landing by amelia wilde and then penelope sky Uh, Her Buttons series is um, absolutely kidnapping. I could go on and on. I do have a list of those. Um, Well, and Sky Warren, she has a few because like the pawn, well, I guess he buys her. No, Overture, when she gets into Guardian, her uh, Guardian type situations. Those are more hostage situations than just Guardian. Um, Okay, so, and Rachel was very clear to stress that we could not skip this topic apparently this is the one subtrope of close proximity that she has wrecks upon wrecks of um because well, so, it's suspense and we we all know rachel loves suspense so uh this is the bodyguard trope um this is a subtrope of close proximity they are not forced to be together he could find a different job and she could get a different bodyguard so rachel we'll start with you since this is your favorite um, give us some characteristics and what you like and what are some of your favorites in this trope? So I really like a hero that's super protective and as a bodyguard, like you're going to be super protective of anyone you're guarding. So I love that. I love that there's always a like, I shouldn't get involved with the person I'm guarding because it's wrong or it'll distract me, whatever. But they always end up getting involved with them. And then I love that they like realize that they actually, you know, it's not a distraction. They pay attention more because they just love the person so much. But really the protective hero, I love it. And what are your recs for it? So I do have a lot. So if you need any recommendations, just ask me, but I'm only going to do two for time's sake. Um, Out of the Blue by Catherine Nolan. This is actually a second chance romance between a divorced couple, which was different. She's a pro surfer and he's the bodyguard. And then one I read very recently is Codenamed Tiara by Sawyer Bennett. That's a good one. And there's a few in that series, the Jameson Force Security series, where it's like a bodyguard romance. But that was my favorite because of his misconceptions about his uh, Mm -hmm. little charge. Uh, Lindsay, bodyguard romances. So the body, I'm going to actually talk about like something I think is tangentially related to that. And that is when you need some kind of uh, like investigative person to help solve a case for you. And that case poses some level of danger. The book in particular that I'm going to recommend for this is Bend by Molly McLean. Oh, and um, it's a situation where she 
you know, she's having trouble at the shop that she's running. She's having massive amounts of money stolen in product, and she's trying to find someone. Um, she's having to work with uh, her nemesis, and it's an enemies to lovers, um, to help solve the mystery because her dad is the captain on the police force, and she does not want him to know oh. that she's in trouble. <laughs> he is like uber grumpy heroine. Yeah. Oh yeah, like so grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like it, it's a little but bit that less is a of bodyguard element but it's a very similar i, would I think say it yes. falls under bodyguard bodyguard yeah. bodyguard yeah. for sure yeah um but he's Car- a cop so mm-hmm. carolina where are you at on bodyguards um i'm pro bodyguards uh, <laughs> pro bodyguards perfect <laughs> uh, I've not read a lot of them, so I will be taking all the recs on this one as well. Um, but one that I did really enjoy is This is Love by Melissa Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, Remy is an actress and been having some issues, but she keeps like um, skirting Speaking. her security, like getting away from them because she just doesn't feel like she needs the production. So the owner of the security company, um, Mason becomes her dedicated bodyguard. Um, and so they have some adversary um, moments and then, you know, it gets steamier from there. And there's a really great bubble bath scene too. Fantastic. <laughs> so um, and we had to get Leah's, but Leah has like a ton of these. So I'm going to do mine real quick. I didn't think I had a lot of bodyguard. And then I started going through and apparently got a thing for bodyguards. And I mine aren't traditional, like romantic suspense styled bodyguards, though. Um, Falling in Reverse by Julia Wolf. It's a bodyguard. She's a rock star. Super famous. Um, She might have a stalker. I think she has a stalker. She does have a stalker. And then um, an Another great one is uh, Renna Morgan, claim and protect her, the Haven brothers. Um, She is a waitress in their nightclub and find out that she has an abusive ex-husband that is showing up. And so he steps in to uh, help protect her from the abusive ex-husband. And if you haven't read that series, Men of Haven, read them, read them all. Mm -hmm please they're very good um okay and i do i have quite a bit so i will again follow me on goodreads leah what's your uh bodyguard situation okay so i i had a hard time narrowing it down but i just Shocking. Picked, i read a lot of them a lot like this is the one like sub trope that i could read all day long but so the ones that i picked was protecting piper by cynthia eden so he she has a stalker who is like wreaking havoc on her life, like burns her house down. Like, well, I don't think he, yeah, he does burn the house down eventually, but, but he, but so Eric has loved Piper forever. And like, as soon as like something happens, he's like, goes all alpha on her. It's very, very good. And then you should just read it. Just that whole series. There's a, there's series. a new one coming out. It's called the bodyguard, the bodyguard next door. They're neighbors he's grumpy. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, and then I have the mogul in the muscle by Claire Kingsley. This isn't your typical suspense book that I would usually read. This is like a rom-com, but so he, he comes and like protects her and 
she is not super thrilled about it. She kind of fights him on the fact that like she needs him to be there. But so those are my two. And again, I have a bunch. So just check out my Goodreads. Um, okay, so that wraps up this portion of close and forced proximity. And like I said, we didn't cover every subtrope of these, but we're going to break them down differently. Our goal is to do one of these trope talk styled episodes each month um, in hopes that we can bring you um, more book wrecks and help you destroy your TBR. Um, Does anybody have like an ultimate favorite in this trope that they wish everybody would go read? Is there any book that we didn't mention tonight or today for this episode that you wish somebody would go read that's close or forced proximity? Anybody? Just read all the books that we said. Just read all the books. Um, Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate you. Okay. So, apparently, I have a thing for bodyguards and didn't even realize it. I definitely have a thing for bodyguards, but I knew it. So, but I did not. I have so many. It's so interesting because, you know, Carolina reads quite a bit, but she really didn't. And same with uh, Rachel. She's like, I didn't really have a lot in some of these Mm -hmm. different subtropes so yeah I was surprised like when I was looking for books like there are a couple that I had to really like dig deep into like some of like books that I've read like two or three years ago okay so I'm adding something new because I I got permission we are spilling the book tea tonight today on this episode I, I do like to spill the tea um and for this book tea we are spilling some upcoming series or books that were announced this week mm-hmm. um, yes first up ilsa madden mills she is releasing a follow-up to beauty and the baller called the princess in the player yeah it's gonna be a standalone but it is the best friend <laughs> excuse me it is the best friend of ronan so if you read um beauty and the baller it is tuck who and if you have seen this cover it is amazing gorgeous gorgeous like they she stuck with the blue and yellow theme and it is the male on the cover and he's in a, a like a not a royal blue but like a a blue suit but it's and he's sitting on a yellow couch and it is it is an amazing cover it is i love um, the aesthetic of it I can also share that Sawyer Bennett, she's finishing up her Jameson 4 series, which is not new. We all know that book 10 is coming out Omega in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the launch of Omega, she is actually, or with the release of Omega, she is launching a new small town romance series. It will spin off from Omega um, Mm -hmm. and it will come out in 2023 and it takes place on a horse farm in Kentucky. Yes. And if and we I'm knew more, excited. we would tell you more, but we don't. We don't know more, but we'll get it was, out of her. She was very vague, but apparently Sawyer spills all the tea to us. To so us. Once we find out, we will let you know. Um, so it's May. This is the second Sunday in May. It's actually it Mother's May. Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers that are listening. To you too. Um, and to you, my friend. Thanks. So... Is there a May release that you're excited for? Okay. So there are like 20 books I'm super excited for. Okay. Because you can do one, maybe two. 
I have three. Can I do three? Okay, fine. Okay, so Prescott Lane is coming out with a new one. It's called Goodbye Never. Um, I actually don't know the premise of it, but I love the cover. And it, like, I didn't read the blurb. I just saw the Prescott Lane was writing a book, and I am there for that. And then Riley Edwards is going to release a new book. And then Susan Stoker is releasing a new book. And those are two, like those three are automatic one clicks. There's so many of my one click authors in May, like my book budget is going to be like, uh, so what about it's, you? A, it's a tie for me, trusted and true, which is book seven in the Mena Haven series by Renna Morgan comes out at the end of the month, May 24th on my anniversary. I need it so bad. I'm so excited. I love the Mena Haven and I mean, I'm a huge fangirl for Renna Morgan. So, and then the other one is book four in the Phoenix club series from Stacey Kennedy. Mm. It is called save me. Um, these are, so the Phoenix club is a voyeur club and these are two of the main performers in the voyeur club that are um, going to be together. So Nice. And I'm here for it. Anyway, you can find a list of all upcoming anticipated May releases on our website. So check those out. Okay. Summer reading is coming. I'm so excited. Oh my God. We are currently doing our registration. We announced all of our participating authors on an Instagram live on May 6th. So you can go back and watch it to check out our full list. You can look at the website. We have 35 participating authors this summer, and we are super excited. There are some amazing, amazing giveaways. And Becky and I are super jealous Yeah, because we do not qualify for these awesome giveaways. We never win. But we never win or we win all the time because people get a little crazy when they it do. comes to our challenges, but we are super excited. We're doing a calendar this year. Like we're rolling it all out. So, it's going to be so much fun. Challenge calendar and prompts will be available on our website on May 20th and in our May 27th summer reading challenge newsletter. So if you're not signed up for our newsletter, you are going to want to go sign up for our newsletter. Um, we are also currently doing an early registration. You can register on our website and someone who registers before the 25th, we'll have a mm -hmm. chance to read a summer reading survival pack, we'll call it. Uh, members of the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon will have access to the prompts on May 13th. And members of the Cold Brew or and or Queen Beer Queen B tier will receive a special uh, summer reading calendar challenge journal in the mail by the 16th and fancy drinks tier will have a digital download on the 16th of the journal. So all those details will be listed on our website. Join us on Patreon for early access to summer reading challenge prompts to help plan out your TBR. Okay. And it's that time for a book. book of the week. Okay. What was your book of the week? I can't remember if I've talked about this book yet or not, but you I'm have obsessed with about it. This book on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Are we sure? I'm pretty sure you did. But even if you didn't, you can do it again because okay. you liked it that much. Royal by Rebel Shaw, which is a um, Rebel Shaw is a new pen name for Kaylee Ryan, Ryan and Lacey Black, and Lacey Black. Um, it is a close proximity 
nanny guardian romance and it's coming out may 10th and when i am telling you to read this you guys i'm telling you to read this it is super mm-hmm. sexy she it, has raved about it since she read the arc so it's so good so I much chemistry like every and couple days she's a good girl she is a good girl she's i haven't good, read it yet and I'm he dirty talks like nobody's business dirty talk i do like all these things okay so my book of the week is also an arc that i read it is make me shiver by marie johnston it is releasing may 17th um it is book two in her oil baron series it is a marriage in crisis and she she has a knack for a marriage in crisis like i feel like there are some authors that They just have that capacity to write a really well done marriage in crisis. And this is another one. She did one in her last series, but you just have to read it. It's a good, it's a good series, but it stands alone. So if you want to give this one a try, you don't have to read book one. (coughs) Um, So Patreon update, we love and appreciate our Patreon supporters. We would not be able to bring you the podcast without them. Uh, we currently have four open tiers on Patreon. Those start at $5 a month and include membership to Drunk Book Club. Also, some exclusive content. Our first goal is to reach 400 Patreon members. We're currently sitting at 35. Uh, once we reach that, we will be hosting another epic giveaway. I am working on that with Sawyer Bennett. So if you recently had a scene at TikTok, you will see um, some of the goodies that you might have a chance to win. Not that whole stack, but some of them. Um, Our big goal for Patreon is 500 members. We would really like to reach 500 in order to uh, make the podcast profitable. And uh, maybe we could quit one of our 7,000 day jobs. It's not 7,000, but (laughs) sometimes it feels like it. Okay, so coming up, the next book club um, is May 21st, and we will be joined by author duo Max Monroe. We are going to read My Billionaire, My Brother's Billionaire Best Friend, and Max and Monroe will be joining us for the evening. Drunk Book Club is an exclusive event for our Patreon members. You can find details at bookcasingcoffee.com. But if it is something that you would like to test out because you don't know if you could handle our chaos, which we understand. Just send us an email at the bees at bookcasingcoffee.com. Uh, Spring Fling Bingo Challenge is going on right now. It ends this month. Um, we think spring, we think mud and dirt, new life and growth. Really, we just want you guys to read some spicy stinking romances. We made the prompts a little extra dirty and um, we're kind of challenging you. Some There's rope play and piercings and sex clubs and all the good things. Well, all the things that we like to read and wanted everybody else to read. Right. Basically, we create challenges so you guys will read what we want the you books to read. That we want you to. If you think but about it, summer reading about. is basically that too. Oh yeah. I mean, there are challenges we can do what we want, but everybody loves them. They do. Okay. So anyway, our next group read is May 11th and Jenny and Lindsay are going to be hosting the discussion about 10 trends to seduce your best friend by Miss Penny Reed. Um, We hold these discussions on our discord server. You can find details on the website at bookcasingcoffee.com slash events and our discord server Anyone can join. There are some channels that only Patreon members have access to, but we have tons like of book chats 
for different types of books. We have book recs. We have a quotes channel that you can access. It is a good time. We spill a it lot is. of tea there. We do. Um, so if you are missing Duchess Katie and Lady Sadie, they haven't been on our podcast um, in the last like five months. Uh, mm -hmm. But you can find there's their a reason for that. Right. Because excitingly, they have now have their own podcast. So you can mm -hmm. find their historical romance episodes on their own podcast, Corset and Crown. Make sure you give that a follow and a listen. Um, they have an amazing lineup of authors coming out May and June. They have one of the new Smarty Pants authors, an episode for them coming up and some other good things. So mm -hmm. Corset and Crown, just go over and follow them wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Leah, what are we talking about next time? Next up on the podcast, our next episode is an author spotlight episode, and we are going to be chatting with author Roxy Noir. Yeah. So she's got a new rom-com coming out and mm -hmm. she uh, talked to her about being an author and all the, all the fun that goes in with that. <laughs> what inspired her to make to write the stories so mm -hmm. um that's coming up next time anyway like i said happy mother's day friends happy mother's day anyway until next time everyone happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review if you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.